What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Whitetail Bloodline Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Sodders, and I got another good one for you on this one. It's episode 90. My guest is Charmaine Leith. She is from out west, born and raised, chasing elk, mule deer, and a bunch of other big game western critters. So it's a good episode. We dive into one of her solo elk hunts where she was on a 10-day hunt where she got this elk and packed it out two miles plus. So it's a great episode. Appreciate you guys joining me. Without further ado, let's get Charmaine on the phone. I appreciate you joining me today for the listeners who do not know who you are if you just want to start off with like a little background who you are and where you're from and kind of how you got brought up into the outdoors so I am Charmaine Leith I am based out of southwest Colorado I am a pro team athlete in the outdoor industry but I also am a financial counselor in the healthcare field um I do a lot of things, but that's the gist of it. (laughs) Um, You know, I grew up hunting and fishing with my dad. Um, Outdoors has always been like a love of ours. And he really taught me all of the things that I know and honestly really got me to where I am in the industry. Yep, that's awesome. That's how I got brought into it too. My old man, uh, he had a passion for it. Luckily, I got eight up with the bug. And uh, do you have like any siblings or the only sibling? I have a couple half siblings, but, um, we really aren't that close and they never really dove into the like outdoors like we did. Okay. That's kind of what I was curious about because I'm the only one in my family. I have three siblings. I'm the only one that got ate up with the the hunting and the outdoor bug, like real hard. Like my sister was never interested in it. So I was just kind of curious what it was like for you growing up with your old man, just out there in the Colorado wilderness. So we, I actually grew up in New Mexico. Um, yeah, in a small oil field town, literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, we grew up on, I believe five acres with horses and the nearest neighbor was up the road and (laughs) all we had to do was play outside. So actually I didn't, um, go to Colorado until my mid or upper twenties. And that's where I settled. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was actually, I was born in Utah. I only lived there for a year of my life. I'm the baby of the family. So when we go out there and visit, it's nice to get a taste of it. Like, I don't know, since I've lived out here in like the Midwest and the East most of my life, I don't know if I'd want to actually live out there. I love vacation in the family and going out there and visiting them and stuff. But out West, there's definitely nowhere like it. It's just the same thing, like where my cousins and uncles and grandparents live. It's small towns like you're saying neighbors aren't close and basically all you had to do especially when I was younger was go out there hop on the four-wheeler they had horses like I was never super comfortable on horses but I hopped on them a few times yeah you know it's a really good way to grow up um nowadays I feel like that's most people don't grow up that way (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they've got to figure out how to keep themselves busy like us parents would just be like just go outside just figure it out and it's so different in the world that we live in now (laughs) Yeah, it seems like all the kids now, for the most part, are all faces stuck in an iPad or an iPhone, you know. Oh, I know. I mean, the media is like, it's a blessing and it's a curse at the same time. Yep, yep, I'd agree with that 100%. So growing up in New Mexico, I'm guessing you guys did some like mule deer, maybe some pronghorn elk hunting? Yeah, so dad, that I remember, dad did a lot of deer hunting. So that's Mm -hmm. mule deer. And, you know, I didn't go on the elk hunts with him until my later years. But, you know, my first memory with my dad hunting was actually tracking a deer, probably about the age of four or five. 
um, wow. at night, like before, right before the sun had set. And I remember like walking on the blood trail and <laughs> that was like my first memory in the outdoors hunting. Mm-hmm. And it's just one that's super vivid. Yeah. 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 So there's nothing like that. That's kind of some of my first ones too. Cause my dad would pack me out in the woods. Like I want to say like five or six. I don't even know how young I was real young though. Yeah, I'm I'm glad he did, you know, and now it's like as a mom, I am a mom. I have two girls, a stepdaughter and my daughter. My daughter is four and she's with me on most just how to figure out how to make it work. Um, packing yeah. them in and out and the animals and all the things that you need with a toddler. <laughs> yep. And say so that's actually one thing I want to talk about to you about. I was going through your Instagram and I saw a pretty cool story is where you killed like an elk on a solo trip and your daughter was actually with you I don't know if you'd want to talk about that it seems like a a pretty cool story it's got to be very rewarding doing that oh man it's ridiculously rewarding especially when you take children you know there's a few stories like that um we'll start with like the main one I actually wrote a an article for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Bugle magazine and it's in the November and December edition of 2021 so if anybody wants to read it um you can just google that and she was maybe a year at that point and you know I have hunted super hard for elk hunting for many many years there's been a lot of dry years where we don't come home with stuff and on this trip specifically I went out opening morning and um ended up getting a bull right when the sun um had risen and was like running back to the camper to like the family and we had to pack the kids in and everything with us while we quartered it and then we had to quarter out the kids with the elk and it was just a really cool experience I think y'all should go read that article it'll give you a better Mm -hmm. taste of it but I think the one that you are talking about is when I was out in Colorado for it was actually 14 days but I had been out there for 10 days by myself Um, we have this area that we camp in where my camper's there and my dad's camper. He helps me with a little one while I'm hunting most of the time. But when I'm hunting, I'm hunting by myself. I hike in, you know, if I kill something out there, I'm doing it all by myself. And that's where I was out there for 10 days. And they ended up coming, you know, towards the end of the trip. And I killed, um, a, a small bull, um, closing evening, and had to come back to the camper to get them. And we were quartering that elk all night. And oh, it was yeah. the toughest pack out of my life. Um, there's probably a picture of it somewhere with Brinley, my little one, that's in like um, a sled. Yep, and the yep, elk head is back behind her. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. One thing I kind of want to backtrack on, because I just started hunting public land, which is a whole different ball game of public land from where I'm at compared to where you're at. And it's kind of it's kind of a little bit scary sometimes, especially going on some of these pieces where there's like no service and stuff. So for you to go do that for ten days by yourself out in that type of country where there's more stuff that can hurt you and a lot easier ways to get hurt out there. So it's 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 pretty wild to me, you know. It is wild. And most of the places that we hunt, there is very little service. Like yeah. you know, you may have to walk a mile back out to get a little bit of it. <laughs> yep, and that's just like the difference from out there. Like even if I rolled my ankle, I could make it back to the truck because it's not that big a piece for the most part. But like out there, you're up in the mountains and you roll your ankle and like don't have service, you're in trouble. So you just got to 
I'm sure stay on your toes a lot more out there. Yeah, you definitely have to prepare. I mean, I am a true believer for in the area that we hunt in preparing your body physically in the gym before you go out there and especially for the elevation. I mean, mm-hmm. I've lost count of how many people I've ran into hunting from, you know, Missouri and places that are sea level and they don't even really make it out hunting because they can't even handle the elevation. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I don't know how high you guys are, but Southern Utah, where all my family lives, it's it's different because I've played sports and stuff. And even playing like a small pickup game of 21 out there, you lose breath like in five minutes. It seems like it's wild. <laughs> I know. And, you know, we'll even go camping like now up in the higher country and it will still kick my butt. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you do, I'm guessing, to kind of prepare you, uh, you like work out and stuff. Because I'm sure you ran into some guys who think they're macho. I'm like, oh, I work out. I could, I could do this, but they're not used to that, like still endurance level and like that hard work that it, it takes, especially to go elk hunting. So I'm sure you've ran into some guys that, like you just said, that couldn't even handle it, couldn't even make it up. It's pretty. Yeah, cool. I mean, I had some buddies come down um one time from North Carolina. And they barely even hunted. They said they were like so sick the whole time. So like if you're if you're not like physically preparing yourself beforehand and you just come out here, it's so smart to give yourself a couple of days to acclimate. Yeah, <laughs> At least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you shot this bull, you said it was day ten and were you on you said I think you said it was the last day. So was it a ten day trip you were on or was that just like how long your season was? Because I don't really know elk hunting. So, you know, the longest hunt season for elk out here, so I was hunting with a rifle this round, is I believe nine days. But we usually go out there, and we're out there for like two weeks. So we come early to get our spot, we do some scouting, and then we're hunting hard, you know, every single day, all day until we harvest. So Mm -hmm. day 10 was just like, that the time that I had been out there scouting and hunting hard and I literally thought that I was not going to get anything. And then like that last evening, a small five by five had finally turned up and it was just like, I can't even believe this is happening. (laughs) Yeah. And if I remember something, you, you kept running into like a bunch of cows and they just didn't have bowls with them. Right. Yeah. And we had put cams up and everything in this area and there were bulls on the cams but every single time um, we would see just cows in person, mm-hmm. but we'd see the bulls on the cams. So we're like, we know they're there. We just aren't crossing paths with them. You know, it's all about being at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And just coming from a, a Midwest whitetail hunter, you think it'd be easy to see them bulls in there because they're so much bigger, but they're, they're pretty stealthy. I've watched a bunch of videos and I got some family that hunted elk quite a bit and they're, uh, they're a lot more stealthy. I remember the first time I actually, to go off like on a little rabbit hole, first time I saw an elk, I was with my grandpa, I was probably 12, and I think it was the first time I ever rode horses. We rode up all the way up in a mountain. They had some free-range cattle up there on some government land, and he knew where these elk were because he's lived there his whole life, and he's telling me, he's like, if they're not this water hole, you're going to be over this hill in the next one. So we went to the first one. They weren't there, and right when we peeked over the hill, there was a spike, and then we we could see running up the hill, like at least a six by six, like blew my mind. It was my first time like ever seeing an elk and seeing one that big and just how he was running through them. Like, I don't know if it was pines or what it was or aspens and just like moving his head back and forth to not hit the branches. It, it blew my mind. Oh, it's wild. It's so wild. I mean, it, it gets me giddy. Just like, 
about hunting season because elk are just so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to hear a bugle. Still never, ever heard a bugle. And I've, I've heard that. There's definitely nothing like that. Oh, man, it's fire. <laughs> it's heart <laughs> drop status. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can imagine because, like, even a turkey gobble. I, I, I've seen you. You've done some turkey hunting. Like, that's a cool feeling. And then an elk's got to be five times more of a just hit your heart, get your adrenaline pumping does yeah there's excitement behind the turkey coming or calling back to you but i swear elk are just another level yeah so uh yep got off on a rabbit hole but uh you ended up getting on this bowl like uh how did that go like the day that it actually like happened like how did that come come about um so i had been watching this water hole and um you know, was, I'm, I was exhausted. I've been out there for ev- what felt like forever. A bunch of cows came down to this water hole and then a bull came down with them. And it was like six o'clock. And, you know, at that time it gets dark pretty early. So it was like pretty much last light. And I took a shot at this five by five. And, you know, you just stand there after you take a shot and just heard him fall and it was like oh my gosh I've just worked so hard to get to this point and I cannot believe that I just finally got something um so really it was like emotions I think there is it's like uh, once you like make the shot and especially like you see him fall or you heard him fall it's just the emotions that run through you for that next few minutes there's nothing in the world like it you can't find nothing like it no, you can't. And especially when you've been like working your butt off to get to that point and you're literally spent and exhausted and you're tired of being in the outdoors kind of, oh, it yeah. was just straight rewarding just hearing that sound. And uh, just for like, I'm just curious, like what rifle cartridge were you using? So I typically use a 270 Remington. Okay. Um, It was actually my dad's gun and it's in perfect shape and I have I can't let it go it's just like (laughs) I love the gun I'm so used to it and I've been successful I feel like it's like a good luck charm kind of (laughs) yep I'm sad I got that same the Remington seven I think it's a 700 in 308 that's the same thing as my dad's gun but it's basically my gun now because I love that gun so much like if I'm breaking out the rifle that's definitely what I'm using I know I mean I just kind of took it under my wing <laughs> I don't even think my dad's <laughs> used it since I started hunting elk yeah that's same with me I don't think my old man's used that gun either for <laughs> good while but so that's awesome uh so what happened you heard him fall um, did you go up on him or did you go back to camp what would you do after that moment well I heard him fall so you know I packed up my stuff from where I was sitting and went around the pond and the sun's setting and I'm like, oh my gosh, what like, what if I don't find it? And then I would say like a hundred yards in there, I found him um, underneath like a pine tree. And I just, I mean, like just the feeling of that, like I keep saying it over and over. It was just like, oh my gosh, I actually did it. But I'm like, oh my gosh, the sun is setting and I like need to haul back, haul butt back. So I drop a pin with Onyx. It's something that I use on almost all my hunts. And I hiked the two miles back to camp and I get my dad because he's there with my daughter, Brinley. And we happen to know a couple campers. Well, we just met them next to us and borrowed this big sled like that they put their wood in to like drag it. Mm-hmm. And um, we hike in I and mean, we got the packs with us. We got the 
two packs for both of us plus the sled and it's cold at this point so we're all freezing and hike in there quarter it up and it was a brutal brutal hike back I mean two, two miles ain't no joke I dragged a, a white tail a mile and I about died so I couldn't even imagine oh my gosh and like this so this sled I have a pack on my back with me in it and my dad has another pack okay and we've got this sled we're both standing next to each other and we have the sled rope like both around our hips in front of us kind of like a horse it's like a horse <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and my daughter and the rest of the quarters in the sled and we're literally dragging this sled with our hips over trees over bushes over hills it's like we are never doing that again. Let's not ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. Hey, your old man raised you tough. I don't know a lot of anybody that could do that, you know? That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. And seriously, I prepare myself all season for another reason because my dad literally kicks my butt in the outdoors. That old man, yeah. I don't even know how he hikes the way that he does. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's like a superpower. Guys, they're a different breed. They don't make them like that no more. Oh my gosh, they don't. And you know, my dad is active. Like he works out. Like that's probably where I got it from. Mm-hmm. He's worked out his whole life, but you're right. I mean, they don't make them that way anymore. <laughs> no, I swear. Like my grandpa, like the stories he's told me, I'm like, you would never hear of a 25 or a 35 year old man ever doing anything like that. Like driving the horses, reached down for a cigarette, fell off the mountain, broke his back. And then like, I don't even remember the, the rest of the story, but like he crawled out or something like ruthless. It is crazy. The stories my dad has told me about hunting is like a different world compared to what it is now. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. So, two mile drag back. Did you get it all in that, that one, like, push since you had that sled or did you have to go back? No, we did it all. We're like, we're doing it all or we're, we're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Like, how so, much uh, weight is that after you, like, fill a dress, you got his antlers and, like, all of his meat and stuff? Like, roughly how much do you think that would weigh? Dude, I don't even know. I say it's a lot. Because, oh. like, a big mature, that's, like, that's a lot of weight. And then that's four times heavier than that, you know? Yeah. I wish I would, I knew how much that was. You know, plus my daughter is in there. Plus we have the head yeah. with the, the antlers and everything. I don't know. Quite a bit. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Like, it's, <laughs> wild. she's probably not old enough to remember it. But if she did, that's something she'll definitely never forget, you know, there's, I've never never heard of a kid that young doing something like that. It's awesome. And she's been on several of our hunts like that before where she's had to just be with us and pack out. You know, I like don't stay home because you have children. Like there's so much value in taking them out there. So much value. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm saying soon she's going to be out hiking you and grandpa. Oh my gosh. I know right now that little girl just loves fishing. She's not oh, yeah. quite to the age where she can, you know, hunt, but yeah out there in Colorado do you kids have to be like 16 don't they or 14 something like that to hunt yeah well maybe you got to be able to pass the hunter safety okay yeah and, and then uh, it gets whatever age you can pass yeah okay. okay that's how it is here I we've lived in a couple states I can't remember where it was where you had to be 12 or 14 or 16 or something to hunt the big game but um in Colorado do you if you're a resident, you get a tag. Cause I know all my family from Utah, they still have to draw and they have a real hard time drawing bull tag. No, I wish it was that way. You know, you still have to apply a couple over the counter bull tag. 
can get, but they're starting to like limit that stuff. Like there used to be an over the counter tag. Now they've limited that, which isn't a bad thing. You don't want to go out there and see a hundred hunters, but yeah, yeah. For people like me that sometimes don't draw, I'm like, well, thank goodness I could get that leftover that I, you know, harvest. Yeah, yeah, I'm say that's the hardest thing. Like, you got these big whitetail states or these big, like, elk destination states, and so many people want to hunt them, you know? So they kind of have to do something to, to even, like, keep the numbers right, keep the pressure down, because you don't want to put too much pressure on them, because a lot of pressure on them will hurt their health as well, you know? Yeah, that's definitely. And the deer, there is no over-the-counter license for deer. Okay. You, you have to you apply for that. that. Okay, yeah. That didn't used to be like that, did it? Because I've always, like, Colorado's always been, like, a destination where I've heard a lot of people talk about over-the-counter stuff. You know, I don't know when they changed the deer one. Not in my hunting time. Okay, so it's been a while. Yeah, and I honestly, I wouldn't be shocked at some point they changed the elk one as well, but. Yeah. I would honestly thought it would have been vice versa, but I, I know, and there, I feel like there's way more of a deer population than elk, or maybe they're just easier to find. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, let's kind of talk about that. Um, so you killed that elk, you got him dragged out. I'm sure that was one of the most rewarding things you've ever done. I believe you already said you killed another solo elk before that, though, didn't you? Um, well, I was hunting with my dad, that first story, the one that I landed in the bugle. Um, I usually hunt by myself, like I'll scout by myself and hunt by myself. And that's just because we share basically being a parent, I guess, with my daughter. Um, but that round actually came out with me in the morning. Like he usually doesn't. And it's so funny. If you do look at my media and you have to cruise back a little ways, but he took a video of me harvest like killing that elk, that okay. that big six by that. six that I got opening morning, and um, I was like, oh my gosh, you actually got a video of that? Like we never get videos of anything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I had hunted like five years, I think, in a row, and it was hard hunting. Like you are for working for that animal and I was like am I ever gonna get an elk or an animal like something opening day like is that ever gonna happen to me and then it did and it was like we had just packed to be out there for 10 days now what yeah I'm saying it's 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 bittersweet because you're like I got it done it's so rewarding to do it but now I'm done you know yeah and like luckily everybody else was still hunting but it's kind of like well I mean what now I guess we're hunting grouse (laughs) Yep, I've only done that once for in like my whitetail career. It was my first sit of the year. It was like third day of season. Couldn't hunt the first two days and then shot a buck like first 45 minutes or an hour of the season. So then like my whole buck season was done for the whole year in Indiana, which was, it was awesome. It was one of the bigger bucks I've ever shot, but I'm so used to hunting for those next two months. So it was, it was different for sure. Yeah, that was the only time that I think I've gotten something in the first day or two or three. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So nowadays, like going into 2023, you got any big plans for this year? Or like, what are, what are you doing? You say you prepare in the off season. Have you been scouting? Like what's your uh, kind of what's going on now? So I haven't quite started scouting yet. Um, you know, we just got kind of like our draw results back. Um, I didn't draw for anything. Oh. And I know it's really sad, but I just applied for actually the second draw in Colorado. What about that in a couple of weeks? 
Um, so I'm really hoping I get at least a deer tag and then I can buy over the counter for elk. Mm -hmm. Um, but regardless, um, like my dad, my husband, everybody else has deer, antelope, elk hunts. And so I usually tag along on a lot of those, whether I'm hunting or not. And, um, you know, just take a lot of content, um, Mm -hmm. help guide and help scout and all that stuff. Um, dad and I are going to South Africa actually at the end of August. Really? I, yeah. I mean, dream hunt. Like I cried when I found out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's always been like, same for me since I was a little kid. I've always wanted to go to Africa, South Africa. I can't even believe it. A company will, um, a company actually is sending dad and I out there to hunt, to create content for them and like media coverage. So can't beat that win-win for both of you. Oh my gosh. I know. I couldn't even believe it. So we'll be doing, that's our next hunt. We fish a ton during the summer. So that's what we're doing now. Um, yeah, it looks like play some trout. Yeah. That's pretty much what is around here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some bass. Every time I go to Utah, we do a lot of trout fishing, hit like the bigger streams, hit some of the reservoirs and bigger creeks and stuff. It's, it's definitely nothing like it. I love it. Oh man, I know. I mean, I wish we had more variety. There probably is in other places, but here it's mostly trout and some bass, like in my yeah. area. But um, yeah, that's kind of like the gist of the year. We'll um, free and hunt whitetail and nice. Ohio, which we I've never hunted whitetail before, so that's going to be a new thing for me. Really, that's my bread and butter. Obviously, whitetail bloodline podcast. Like that's what I live and breathe for. It'll give you a different rush, I'd say. It'd be like the same for me going out west hunting a muley. It's just something you're not used to, and they definitely move different. Like, I've had my cousins come out to Indiana from out west and hunt here, and they think they can make, like, a 50-, 60-yard shot in these whitetails, and uh, you just usually can't do that. They're just different, you know? Dang, I'm super excited. And I hear well, they're honestly better tasting than muley, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah I've only had muley a time or two, so I can't even really remember. I would, I would assume so, just because of the stuff that's over here. You got a lot of corn, soybeans, and acorns, and all that good stuff. Yeah, and over here they're eating like sagebrush, grass, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> plants. But what time are you guys going over there to hit whitetails? Um, I think in Ohio will be November-ish, and then Missouri will be probably December or January. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Ohio should be fun, right there in the prime time of the rut. You guys should definitely see some wildness i'm super excited you know i try to really like fill myself with as much hunting but you know it's hard to draw i mean my dad drew for new mexico but it's i feel like it's nearly impossible to get a dang tag there yeah yeah it it is getting harder like i don't think anybody from my family in utah which is like roughly i'd say eight people i don't think any of them drew a tag this year yeah we didn't draw for utah this is like the first year that my dad and i applied for antelope in wyoming and of course mm-hmm. dad drew i was like yeah. what? well <laughs> i'm the one that needs a hunt he drew new mexico yeah. colorado you or um wyoming i'm like gosh the luck did he, just, did he have like just lucky or do you have like built up points i know some of the states you can build points up just luck so new mexico is <laughs> a lottery system okay so it's legit luck of the draw and um wyoming i think is points as well but he just totally lucked out 
Yeah. Um, we got one. We got elk right here in Kentucky. You're pretty close to me within, I'd say, probably two or three hours. And that's a once-in-a-lifetime draw, though. So many people put in that for that. But it's a cheap one. I think it's like three bucks or ten bucks or something. But they actually got Colorado elk in Kentucky. They got a pretty good herd now. Oh, what? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Look them up. Like, when we get off here, look up Kentucky elk. It'll blow your mind how big they are. Oh, I bet. They're probably just growing and growing because they do like limited tags <laughs> yeah i can say they're just getting bigger and there's just so much to eat out here so i'm sure they're they kind of shoot up quicker i don't know i don't study elk as much but just like my my knowledge i would think so dang well maybe someday you'll get it <laughs> yeah it, that would be cool so um i know you brought up your job and you you said you were like outdoor media or something right so i'm actually i'm a pro team athlete in the outdoor okay. industry so I've got several brands that I represent um, and that I work for. So most of the things that like I use and wear out in the outdoors while I'm hunting and fishing um, and like Scree Gear is my camo gear company mm-hmm. and yeah. I work events and stuff like that with them like expos and all of that and wear their stuff outdoors. And most of my brands, that's kind of how it works is. I use and wear their stuff out hunting and I create content while I'm doing it. Yep. Yep. I kind of got a couple of those sponsors this year where I'm like the same thing, like Osseo camo. That's like how it is for me. They're pretty lenient. They're like, just use it as you would normally use it. You know, don't like try to push it too hard. Just be kind of natural with it. Yeah. And screen gear was like one of my first um, partnerships and it's really grown with them. I, they're such an awesome company. They're out of Utah as well. And okay. they're just like good people. You know, I, I partnered with a few companies in the beginning where I was like, okay, this is not for me. Like, I feel like a cow in the herd, like nobody knows who I am. So I really put a focus on partnering and getting sponsorships with companies that I could communicate with and be a part of the company. So yep. if you, if you guys look on my link tree, these are companies that are like legit people that care about that use their products. Yeah, 100%. That's how I am, too. I want to be partnered up with just people I basically just like. Like, I like them as a company and like their products. Like, I don't even don't want to partner up with something just to partner up with it. Like, I want to actually use it. That's just kind of how I am. Because if I'm not going to use it, it's just kind of pointless. For I don't know. That's how I am, though. Yeah, and if, like, I can't pick up the phone and be like, hey, like, this isn't working or – you know, like this piece of gear is not functioning correctly. You know, if I can't pick up the phone and talk to somebody, like what's the point of having a partnership, I guess. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like I got all my partners. I got all their, like the owner's phone numbers in my phone. And I think that's important, like you're saying, to have that personal connection with them. Yeah. And I, it's just like valuing each value that they're sponsoring me. And I value that like they're just, they like me just as much as them, you know. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So I appreciate it. And, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you really want to cover. I'm down for anything. Like I always kind of say it's more of like your show. I'm kind of just controlling it. So is there anything that you want to cover in particular? I mean, that's just my hunting life. <laughs> yep. um, Hopefully we can get you back on after you, you kill something this, this year or I'm, I'm I'm very, very easy going. So if there's anything else you want to cover, I'm always down. Um, the only other thing is just like, you know, people think that a lot of us in, in the outdoor 
trajectory like came from money or like we have a certain in to like be in the outdoor industry and get sponsorship but it's not always that way I've worked really really hard from the bottom up and like applied for these positions and then finally got sponsorships years later and mm-hmm. I've really worked to like where I am now. It's a lot of, it takes a lot of work and time to like get to this point and be paid to do what you love. Yep. Exactly. So I don't, I try to stress that a lot is like people think it's just like you step in and now you're all famous or something. And it's not like that. <laughs> yep. I'm a big believer and you got to put in the work to get stuff you deserve. Like I'm the exact same way. Like the white tail bloodline, I started this from the very bottom with zero followers by myself uh i've had quite a few guys get on the team throughout the years and then uh, some of them decide not to do it anymore and different other reasons but it's it's just a grind and if you're not going to put in the work you don't deserve it that's that's how i look at it and uh yeah so I'm, i'm right there with you it's on that for sure and it's all about like proving yourself all of the companies that i work for they don't just hand it to you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or give you free stuff. It's like, they want you to prove yourself and prove that you are worthy of their company. And it goes both ways. Like I also want them to prove themselves to me in a, in a way, but yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's how I am too. Like I went years and years. People are like, why don't you ask her for sponsors? And I'm like, I don't feel like I deserve it yet. I think I want to get to a point where I feel like I personally deserve it because nowadays everybody just wants stuff free and they just want stuff so easy. Like they just started an Instagram page and they got a couple hundred followers and they want all these sponsors and stuff. And I was like, me personally, if I was those sponsors, I wouldn't even look at you because you haven't put in the time to, for one, to me even know if you're worth a, a sponsor in it. But it's just people want it too easy. And uh, yeah, you just got to put in the work because nothing good comes easy. No, totally. And it's, it's also about like being professional too, like your content being professional and, you know, it's not for the ladies, like you're being professional in what you wear and what you do. And, you know, it's a funky world that we live in with the media that people, you'll get more followers if you dress this way or your shirt's this low, you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. And that's not what your companies want. No, no, no. We all seen the girls that dress a little skimpy and you know they don't really got that passion for it like a lot of other people. They're just got a pretty face. No, and I'm like, that doesn't look comfortable. You want to do it. Yeah, (laughs) more power to you if you want to do it, but that ain't how I'd do it. No. Nope. And there's, like, you want people to see you as a professional, you know, and, like, good at what you do. Yep, I'm a big believer in, like, grind. Like, you might kill a bigger deer than me. You might kill a bigger elk, you know. But one thing I take pride on is working real hard, and you're not going to outwork me. I think that's important, too. Like we were just Oh, definitely. Old. Yeah. And I'm no trophy hunter. Like, that ain't, that's not my jam. Like, yeah, I am either. out there to, like, fill the freezer for the family <laughs> for the next year. Yep. And it may not be a big buck or a big, you know, elk. That's not the goal. Yep, I'm I'm the same way. Like that's one thing I kind of want to change because in the whitetails, I know you don't hunt whitetails much. You're going through this year, but there's just a real bad big buck culture that's been going in it. Like, don't get me wrong, everybody wants to kill a big buck, but some people take it a little too serious and do uh, some some pretty shady things to get those big bucks. And I'm trying to like portray that a little different on the whitetail bloodline side. It's just like if it makes you happy and it gets your heart racing, 
just shoot it. If you're doing it legal, like that's all I care about. If you're happy, I'm 100% happy with you. I'm going to congratulate you no matter how small it is. I think that's what we need to get back into is kind of like the older days because that's how I grew up. I grew up, it's brown, it's down. So Yeah, totally. And I feel like nowadays it's like the biggest and the best. And I'm like, you know, I'm cool if I kill a doe. I Mm -hmm. just – you know, if I cross a big, awesome, nice buck in the month that we're hunting it, then awesome. But like at the end of the day, my goal is literally to fill the freezer. So if I look stupid on media for ki- killing a doe, like y'all know that my my freezer is filling up. <laughs> yep, stomach will be full too, you know. And that's I know a lot of people like don't think of it that way. Like let's try to get the biggest and the best out there, but not over here. You know that we're we're out there to feed the fam. Yep. And yeah, I think the majority of people are like that. There's just, you see these social media and that's one thing it's hard with social media, especially once you get into deer season, elk season, and like even turkey season, you see all these pictures of all these successful uh, hunters and all these successful hunts of them killing these big animals. But you got to think of the other like million or couple million of people that aren't harvesting or aren't having that good luck. But when you're on social media, it just seems like everybody's doing it. And it'll, it's easy to get down on yourself. Yeah. And it's not all, there's not always a harvest. And people nope. think like, even us that work in the outdoor industry, like, oh, they're going to get all this and that. Like, no, I mean, we're still out there <laughs> hunting just yeah. as hard and yeah, we may not get anything at hunting and not killing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, I know you got some, some products and some stuff you're sponsored by. So if you want to give a shout out or shout out any of your family or anything, feel free. Um, I mean, I'll just go over like the companies that I do represent and really why or who they are. Um, I think this is something that I probably need to cover like in my media as well, because a lot of people don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So I already talked about Scree Gear. They are durable lifetime warranty they do have a woman's line um most of their stuff is men's though i wear the men's um rockman waterproof gear is like waterproof packs bino harnesses um gun cases super super durable um waterproof equipment um it's probably the best that i've found um gpo optics obviously is my optic company um I actually just got a new shipment in a few days ago and I'm literally blown. I can't even believe it. (laughs) I had my dad, he took like his, I think he had Vortex, not that I'm talking him down. They're wonderful company, but he brought his Vortex and I brought mine camping last weekend. He was like, okay, all right. They're pretty good. I'm like, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. uh, Ridge belts. It's just a super durable, um, like outdoor belt. Uh, y'all will have to look them up. They're super awesome. Um, Dirty Duck Coffee. I've heard of that. Which yeah. is not outdoors, but they're owned by hunters. They're out of Texas and Missouri. And y'all, I'm not even joking. It is the best dang coffee that I've ever tried in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that because I represent them. So yeah. I ran into them at the Ducks Unlimited convention in Dallas this summer. And I tried their coffee and I was like, I am calling them as soon as I leave here because I'm going to get a partnership. Yep. And that's exactly okay, what coffee I Coffee hits me hard. I don't drink a whole lot of coffee. So when I do, it smacks me. Like I'm a Red Bull guy. I drink like two Red Bulls at work a day. But coffee, oh it, just, it hits me harder. <laughs> You're going to die of a heart attack. <laughs> just I know. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. But their stuff is, 
legit for real super super good um so on target hunt is like a nutrition line but they only have energy drinks right now so they're they're family based and i partnered with them because they were so wonderful and their products are clean Mm -hmm. um they have just an energy drink and i love the longevity of it so that's why i partnered with them they're super good energy wise and there's just so much room for growth and creating products with them yeah. Let's see a couple more. Um, Slayer calls. They're one of my newer partnerships and I got their cow call and their bull call and then a turkey call. And they are, their team is just absolutely amazing as well. I mean, their products are great. I, I use um, a cow call as great as theirs. Really? So I don't, I'm never getting rid of that. Yeah. Whether I yeah. was with or not, their stuff is on point. Hey, it sounds like they make a lot too. Big uh, range of different animals. They do. And I, you know, hunt elk, of course, is my jam. So like that is a really important tool that I have to have in my box when I'm hunting. Mm-hmm. So they are, yeah, their stuff's prime, prime, prime. Um, Velvet Antler Technologies is like, They've got different types of sprays um, to preserve fur, um, hides, let's see, turkey. Um, They've got like a bright um, spray that helps with um, like skulls and everything. Um, Mm. They've got like um, a spray for getting blood off of your gear. Really? So that is all stuff that I will be using this year. Yeah. And obviously they have a velvet one. I could actually use that because I'll be hunting early season Kentucky velvet. And if I kill one, I'm going to need some. Oh my gosh. I know. And I've never killed a velvet. My husband has, but we didn't have this product before. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, we got to get a velvet. How cool would it be if we could like preserve that now? <laughs> yeah. Right. A velvet deer is just different. But yeah, yeah I'm, awesome. I'm hoping like I'll shoot a pretty small buck if he comes out in velvet. I'm not going to say he's too small, but I'm not going to be picky if he walks out in front of him in full velvet because I've known a lot of people that lived in Kentucky their whole lives and they haven't killed a velvet just because it's like a basically a one week window. You got to get it done. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, because their season opens like first week of September and sometimes some of your bucks are already shedded by then. So you usually got to get it done that that first basically three to five days if you're, if you're going to to get most of your majority of your bucks still in velvet yeah i would say ours is probably a little bit similar they're still in velvet in september for like archery but mm-hmm. after that for like all the gun seasons you're not getting that yeah. yeah but um the last one is ghost ridge so i partnered with him for turkey season and i also love his apparel and he's just like growing and growing um mm-hmm. And that's, that's the gist of my companies right there. I mean, yeah. just Sounds don't like forget that they're all personable. I've, yeah. Yeah. And say, like you said, you like having that connection with them. So I'm sure they're good companies, good people. And that's what it's all about. Like supporting the good people. Cause there's a, uh, most people are good. Don't get me wrong. Most companies are good. Most people are doing it for right intentions, but some people are just doing it for the money. Yeah. And you know, smaller companies like this value having pro team or ambassadors. So like, mm-hmm. If anybody is interested in ever doing that, don't hesitate to reach out to me because they value people that want to use their gear in the field and, you know, have input on it and create content and then they can grow in the industry together. So 
people like this really value that. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. And for people that want to like follow you on social media and whatever you're doing, where can they find you at? So most of my media is my first and last name. So Charmaine Leith. That's L E A T H. Um, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I just started a YouTube channel, and so I'll be putting a lot of stuff on there. And yep, first and last name, you can find me anywhere. Awesome. I appreciate you taking the time and reaching out to to hop on. It was a cool one. Like obviously from talking to me, you know I don't know much about West. So I'm glad to to learn a, a little bit and hopefully get you on in the future. Maybe get you and your husband on one. That'd be a cool one, little couple podcast. Yeah, we should. That would be awesome. Y'all can meet you know, I I don't talk about or take pictures of my husband a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. the media world can be really mean. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100%. Or stocky or creepy or whatever. And so I hide him a lot just to, like, let him have his valued valued personal life. I think that's the word, (laughs) stigma. Like, if a guy did it with his girlfriend, it's different than a girl doing it with her boyfriend or her husband, you know? It's it's weird, but it is. That's the way it is. I know. I just want him to be able to keep, like, his personal life because now that I'm all over media, it's hard to have a personal life sometimes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep, I get it. 100%. 100%. But yeah, I, we will awesome. introduce him eventually. Yep, sounds good. I can say, and if you don't want to do it, no worries. But I thought, think that would be a kind of a cool one. I don't think I've done that one yet. I'm trying to think. No. I don't think I, don't think I have done a couple podcasts. It would be cool to get him on, let him experience how this works. <laughs> yep, yep. Give him a taste of it. For sure. Well, good luck this season. I hope you lay down your first white tail, two white tails. Hope you, uh, have fun in like New Mexico and all the other states you're chasing. Sounds like you're going to have a busy year. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, thanks for having me. And um, we'll talk again in the future, probably with my husband. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. Have a good rest of your evening. You too. Thanks.